That's right, you geeks. Welcome into the Echo Screen, the official podcast of the Clan of the Grey Wolf. As always, I am your host, the Commodore, and with me from afar is the one and only Rue. Rue, how are you doing this evening with, with only being eight minutes late here at 908? So far away. Isn't that a song? Uh, are you it's, singing? It's got to be a song. I could tell because the harmonic content that you just provided me was not lovely at all descriptive. I assume uh, that you watched the Tonys this past weekend. <laughs> yeah, I was glued to the Tonys. Oh this man, week. that it James was, that James Corden is a delight. All, all the news that happened between the last time we were on, really, the Tonys oh, were really what I want to talk. I kind of screwed up that intro. I should have said, "Wow, you know about the big news on Sunday, right?" <laughs> Hamilton <God>. won best <laughs> best Oscar, best Tony, best, best musical, Oscar. whatever. Anyway, the best Oscar goes to Hamilton. <laughs> so now that now that I've fully uh, completely derailed us five seconds in, let's go. Yeah, well, that's the way that it works. Um, well, I you know I, I have a funny feeling that a lot of people didn't believe us when we said we'd be back one week later. The uh, the chat is lagging with people at the moment, but that's okay. Uh, once people realized that we were serious and we actually are back one week after last show, just to catch up, just to get back on sketch. It's been one week since you looked at me. Exactly. Listen so to my podcast on the YouTube. <laughs> it's best if we, ignore, uh, if we avoid bare naked lady songs. Oh, Unless gonna get pulled off. it has to do with alcohol, uh, covers of other obscure Canadian artists. Or uh, from their kids' album. Alcohol. Wait, alcohol was real big fish. No, that was beer. Never mind. Nah. Yeah. No, no. Alcohol, alcohol was, was very naked ladies, ladies, and beer yeah. was real big fish. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now that we've mm. <clears throat> settled that, welcome to '90s Music Night here on the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast. Wait, I'm cold. No, Lying not really. Get on we, the floor. I'm we are actually. See, this is how I feel. Um, we we could do we could floor. do we could do we should actually. Do a '90s do a music, pretty pretty good episode. '90s music podcast. Were, were we awfully? We sing them awfully. Well, no, we're just gonna do. It'll be a whole show of complete ah. screen consciousness, thinking of '90s songs and singing random lines. That sounds brilliant. I'm the billion hits on on I, the podcast. I, I think we do pretty well with that one. Yes, or we could talk about um, E3 in our news and notes, which are coming up shortly. We can do that too. Hey, folks, if you have never joined the program before, or if you have, you know that the program is actually divided into three sections, the first of which, as you just hinted at there, Rue, is the Hint. news and notes, the tids and bits. Talk about things that we think that you should know about because they're newsworthy. There's a lot of newsworthy things that happened since we've been here last, so you should pay attention to that part. Secondly, we're going to have the topic du jour. That's the topic of the day. Mm, I'll have that. I'll have two. Uh, we actually are only going to have one today, uh, but the topic du jour happens to be the Internet Echo chamber. Echo. Echo. That's exactly echo. what it is. Yeah. So we're just going to sit here and echo each other for 30 minutes. 30 minutes. And then we're going to cut it off. Cut it It'll off. It'll be the shortest topic du jour ever in the history of the program. Shortest ever in my pants. Um, what? You were doing good there. Thank that you. Was, that was a good echo chamber. Thank you. Um, that's, that's not the kind of echo chamber we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about the internet which is a giant echo chamber. It's kind of <laughs> turned into a giant echo chamber. Yeah. Uh, of, sorts. of sorts. And we'll talk about what that phenomenon means, and we'll talk about how you can help to send, stop it. Send your money or to it. Clan of the Grey Wolf, care of The Price is Right. Right. Grab your spade or neuter. Yep. 
uh, City of Industry, California, 68741. Then we are going to get to the third portion of our program, which happens to be the question and answer portion. I actually do have a few questions already. If you'd like to ask us a question that we will answer live on the air, all you have to do is tweet at It's the Commodore, or if you're following along for us with us in chat, um, if I could get the right preposition, um, all you have to do is click my name, Commodore128, send me a private message. I'll take all the best questions that have assembled during the program and ask them and answer them live on the air in the third portion of the program. Okay? Mm -hmm. Does that sound like a plan? Mm -hmm. Is everybody on board? Well, we already have a, an initial question, which oh. I don't seem to recall, but <clears throat> did we talk about this topic before, but with the term bubble? The internet uh, echo bubble? Uh, that doesn't sound familiar to me. No, I don't think we did that. I think you're full of crap, Tig. Yeah. We definitely did talk about bubbles before, though. Oh, yeah, definitely bubbles. Like, uh, we talked about bubbles. We might have been like the internet bubble, meaning, but that was talking about how there's like an upcoming horrible. Uh, you mean LinkedIn is not worth $26 billion? <laughs> Apparently, Microsoft thinks they are, therefore, they must be. Good. I hope they spend their money somewhere. There you go. Um, yeah, no, this that is was a different kind bubbles. of bubble. This is, this is a filter bubble. Of sorts. It's a filter not, not bubble. A As a matter of fact, it, it has bubble. to do with kind of the way the internet has evolved in our lives from where, from whence it began. Um, and we'll talk about that evolution and whether that is problematic or not. So hang on. But first, we need Hold to get to some tits and bits. For so one more day. I'll tell you what. I went first last time because you were frantically searching for something to talk about. That's right. Why don't Why don't you go first this time? <clears throat> Because I, I know what I'm going to talk about. Go ahead. I think I, uh, I think we can both say that since it is ongoing, our news tids and bits will involve E3, the Electronic Entertainment Expo, which is currently happening in Los Angeles, I think. Um, I, honestly, I've not been following a lot of E3 this year. I am, I'm getting Me a little... What is that? I, is it, we're, we're getting old and crotchety and a little bit crusty. Is that what it is? Maybe. I, I don't know. I need to ask the people. I need to, I need to ask the... This is a serious <sighs> question to the people. Is E3, is it just that E3 is lamer than it used to be, or did we just grow up and now we're old? Or or is console gaming, which E3 usually focuses around, yeah. kind of dying off, as they've been saying it was for a while? Yeah, I thought, this is not what they wanted to talk about originally, but... <clears throat> Good topic. I saw, I, saw I, like some, I saw something on Reddit today where people were talking about uh, Xbox, the, the new Xbox, the 4K Xbox. Like, if you have a 4K TV, this new Xbox One... Will be good for 4K TVs, which seems like so useless to me, but whatever. Um, what a 4K TV? Yeah, who has a 4K TV? Oh come on! If 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 we went back, if, if uh, we went back ten years, answer you'd be me. Saying the same thing about who has an HD TV. Answer me. Has an HD. Who has a who has an Oculus Rift? Okay, that's a good that's a good point. There you go. Anyway, my point being is that they're talking in the same like, wow, isn't it weird that no one's excited or no one's really talking about the real interesting thing to come out of Microsoft, which is they have like no console exclusives. They're all on Windows too, and blah blah blah. Right. And I'm like, I don't am I missing something? This this is terrible for Xbone. This is like this is why I don't want to get one, because I'm like, well, I could just play that on my PC. So why would I want to plunk down another two, three, four hundred dollars for a console on top of that? Well, you've heard the expression that if you're I'm, I'm a little bit old. good at everything, but you're actually not really good at anything. Um, I think Microsoft is trying to be too many things to too many people, right? 
So, you know, it's like they want to take all the PC gamers in and they want to make, you know, co-opt all the people on the console side. And I just think if you look at what Microsoft has done, it's been very much a, a they've tried to consolidate audiences. That's what they've been doing for the last couple console cycles um, and iterations of hardware. Just look at the Kinect. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, they have failed at almost every venture while Sony has very much stripped down all of that stuff and tried to be a console gaming juggernaut, which is how they got into this this industry and clearly their strength. Fair enough. Um, but that's not even what I want to talk about. So, nope. so I don't care so much about that. Sony had a good presentation. They always seem to lately. Yeah. Yeah. But um, the two main things I want to talk about, I just want to touch on the new Legend of Zelda, which is one of the big news things to come out of E3 where they really showed it off. And yeah. it's a bit of a departure. It's really open world. It's a departure from recent Zelda games. Uh, you know, lots of different mechanics at work here. Really intriguing. I'm interested to see. Well, I'm interested to see how how it's going to come out. Like NX, and it's going to come out on the Nintendo NX and the Wii U. And I, I'm just curious to see like what the differences will be. It's kind of like when they simul released uh, Twilight Princess on GameCube and Wii. You know, no one bought it for the GameCube, and that was worth a lot if you have that, or it's worth a decent amount if you have that uh, GameCube disc. But that looks yeah. good. Yeah, I, I um, I, I like it. It looks, it looks good. I mean, with as a Wii U, even as a Wii U game, I mean, that's pretty good as a Wii U game. I could, I could make that work. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Um, the that's other, th- I do. the other thing that I, I, the only thing I watched the full presentation of from top to bottom was for South Park, the fractured but whole, yes. <laughs> which is the uh, the follow up. Well. Thank you. It's hard to say that well, but you said it well. Oh, it, it's definitely hard. Um, that's the follow up to the South Park Stick of Truth game, which came out a few years ago, which I think we talked about. Uh, I picked the, it's super cheap to pick up now, but um, I enjoyed the, I enjoyed the Stick of Truth. The uh, gameplay was fine. It was serviceable, but the plot the uh writing the fact that you really felt like you were playing as a south park character in south park was the the main and all the nods toward the you know 15 plus year history of that franchise definitely was the selling point and it looks like they're actually tweaking things they're making fractured but whole a little bit more uh uh man it almost looks What's that style of game that's kind of like Final Fantasy Tactics? You know, it's not it's not the flat out turn based, you know, Japanese style RPG that we saw from the previous game. It's, they're they're tweaking a few things. It looks interesting. Uh, but anyway, um, sounds like it'll be fun. This one, this time, last time it was like a takeoff on fantasy kind of stuff, and this is a superhero genre, uh, which is prevalent now more than ever since we have about approximately five hundred and twenty two. Uh, superhero movies being released every month, but True. Uh, yeah, so I think that'll be fun. Uh, five, five per minute. You, you should watch that um, presentation. Trey Parker, and Matt Stone were were a part of it. It was pretty pretty intriguing. I I just those guys. It's it's kind of like anything they're associated with is just is great. I I really enjoy it. Tactical um, RPG. Yes, that that's the words I was looking for. It's kind of like uh, you know uh, Mike Judge these days. You know, anything he's associated with, I kind of think is funny. Oh man, Silicon Valley. So good. <laughs> read uh, read two articles this week, it, it, just passing, you know, just in passing. But uh, read two articles this week. I think one was in Variety about how great. 
I read Silicon that. Valley is as a show. I, I think, or no, I read the. I think it was a Rolling Stone, maybe. I didn't. It wasn't. I didn't read the one in Rolling Stone. It I, was I, a I read, very long was, article, but it was either Variety or Vanity Fair, one of the two. But um, New Yorker, really, really good. It have been the New Yorker, actually. I, I think read, it was I, the, I New, read Yorker, one maybe. the New Yorker. Yeah. Anyway, regardless, it's a really good show if you're not watching Silicon Valley on HBO. It's right oh. after Game of Thrones, which we haven't even yeah. talked about. But no, we haven't talked about it at all. But I mean. What is there to really talk about? Next week is going to be the big week. Well, we all know that Game of Thrones episode nine. Two seasons left. Season. Two seasons, or sorry, two two episodes left in the season. So that's going to be big. Yeah. Anyway, but also two seasons. So that's that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um. All right. So yeah. So that that's good. A lot a lot of E three news. Um, I'm going to follow along in that path with my tid and or bit. Which is something I'm pretty excited about. So, as you know, we talked about VR on this very show before. We, you and I, both kind of feel we are to a certain extent like VR. We are VR. We are VR. Troopers. Three. We are Virtual not reality. Sorry. Neither one of us believe that VR is necessarily the 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 Beyond inevitable future of, of gaming. No. It's intriguing. Uh, in fact, though. it's more probable that it's that it's a gimmick and nothing more. It'll be an interesting footnote in the history of gaming, at least at this point, I think. Um, like 3D TV was, for example. <laughs> 3D. Um, or remember, well, no, that was, a, that was a thing a few years ago was 3D gaming. Yeah. Uh, I think we went to PAX East two or three years ago, and it's just like, look at all the 3D gaming you can have. And it's like, never mind. No one ever did any of that. Yeah. And uh, Smell-O-Vision actually never came to be either, mm. even though they promised it back in the 50s. Man, I was hoping for that one to come back. So, so I don't I don't know what's going to happen with VR. I'm certainly not sold on VR. However, there's some really interesting concepts that have come forth as a part of E3. E3 was very VR heavy this year. Naturally, what with uh, Oculus and Vive always, and PlayStation VR, always chasing the zeitgeist. E3, right? Just just one just one step behind. Um, so uh, the the most interesting concept I saw at E3 for VR was. In one of my favorite properties, it's actually Star Trek The Bridge Crew, mm-hmm. which should I, be for all VR platforms. I, I've, I haven't had it. I've watched half of the trailer for it so far because we had to, sh- we had to start the show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so far, it looks pretty interesting. Uh, I'd be interested in do it the, if I had. Do the full nine-minute presentation from the, from the um, Ubisoft. I believe it's Ubisoft. Yes, Ubisoft. Ubisoft. Yeah, because yeah. actually it's Red Storm Entertainment, actually, developed yeah. right down the road from you. Red Storm. Um, they are they are working with one Lavar Burton to put together a who plays the captain in the uh, in the uh, in the game. By the way, well, he did in that episode of Star Trek Voyager, so I think it's apt. Well, you know what? Let's do it. It's canon. So um, this is an interesting concept. A few years ago, actually many years ago at this point, you and I played Artemis, the bridge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did they call it? Bridge Simulator? Bridge Simulator. Yeah, yeah, which is fun. Which is fun, fun game, interesting. And there's there's, it's a, all, there's a few competitors to it now too, even. So. Yeah, and and so you know, interesting concept where you can have either through netplay or locally, you have you know a bunch of people that have their PCs or their devices, which are their consoles, and they're all playing unique roles to um, succeed in certain missions or tasks that you would see in a Star Trek episode or or, or something like that, right? Right. In this game, it's all in virtual reality. And, um, you know, literally 360 degree view uh, for the entire bridge. And you have a captain, you have 
a tactical, you have a pilot, you have engineering, you have it's Star Trek communications. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think. I think there's five roles and you all those five roles play a part in everything you do and you have to work together. No one's more important than the other to uh, collectively work through scenarios. So what you're saying is this is basically just like when we joined an AOL chat room in the late 90s and took places in our stations in uh, steering a starship through various episodes. Now you know why I'm so excited. <laughs> because you're a giant dork. Because I saw this and I went, <laughs> this is it. This is the this is the this is the full embodiment of our ultimate geekdom from the 90s. Yes. And there've been some good games that have come out simulating the bridge experience. I've talked before on 16-bit gems about uh, Star Trek Starfleet Academy for the oh, Super yeah, Nintendo, right. which was also released for PC. And then uh, Bridge Commander came out a little over a decade ago, which was also a, a pretty decent PC title um, in its own. I don't know if you ever played that one. Heavily moddable. It's a fun game. No. Even today. No. But so it's the next step. That experience is what we're trying to get at. And I think this one does it incredibly well. If you watch the, the, uh, the briefing from E3, you'll see kind of this, this genuine happiness on LeVar Burton's face. <laughs> one of the comments that he made was so that when they were on the show, um, you know, you have, it leaves a lot to, to your imagination as an actor, which it always does, right? Um, but, you know, basically when, when they're all sitting on, you know, standing on the bridge and they're looking at, you know, what you would imagine would be the, the view screen, they're really just looking into nothingness and trying to pretend that they see what they see. Of course. But he, he said as soon as he got into the game, it, it was like he put that old skin back on and he was right in character and it was incredible to be immersed in that environment. And I think that's a really cool thing. For those of us that uh, have always kind of had a secret dream of being Not a so weapons secret. officer or an engineer <clears throat> on a starship, this one, this this does it. It does it really well. Or at I, least it looks too. I don't see myself getting an Oculus Rift or a Vive or anything like that soon. But if I did, it would be for something like this game. So Ex That's exactly my feeling. I, I'm more of a Gen 2 person, not a Gen 1 person. We'll see where it goes. I mean, we might so, be eating crow in a couple of years yeah. with this whole VR but like say, thing. But I'd be happy to do that because the second generation of VR is going to be a heck of a lot better and it'll probably be cheaper. I will say Oculus is starting to piss some people off, first off with its Facebook connection in general, but then also this thing, yeah. which we didn't even talk about, I think, but uh, yeah. the whole fact that it's now uh, basically locking out other games from being playable on Oculus Rift. Yes. Uh, whereas other platforms like the Vive are not. So it's basically yeah. like you're buying a PC that only plays... If you buy a PC game for that PC, you can only play it on that type of PC. You can't play it on another one. It's, Remember when we know, were kind of sitting and thinking about why we asked some questions about why Facebook purchased Oculus? Because we didn't really get their end game there. Yeah. Their end game is kind of starting to it's still murky, itself, but yeah, it? yeah. It's yeah. well, we'll get to Facebook in a sec in a minute here with our Oh, Facebook. My, is that our is that our official transition point? Yeah, let's let's get out of this. Let's, like, I mean, right. So, folks, some 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 terrible things happened last weekend. Um, we're, we're not going to talk about them here, but we are going to talk about the effects mm -hmm. of an event like a terrorist attack. And I think it's important for us to move on to the topic, which happens to be the echo chamber that is the internet. So, why don't you give us, in your opinion, 
kind of what what the internet has become and what is a represented echo chamber and what do you mean by that okay so when the internet comes out in the 90s not the internet the world wide web when when internet access became pretty prevalent in the 90s mm-hmm. um this is like our second internet culture show in a row very interesting um, Amen. Uh, and i have i have uh, requests for others by the way but oh i'm sure but anyway um you know there a lot of the uh Selling point, one of the big selling points was like, ah, it's the democratization of ideas. Everyone will be able to spread their ideas and their thoughts and blah, 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 freely and widely, and it'll be great. You can talk to a guy in Timbuktu about what he ate for breakfast and blah, 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 blah. Instant communication, which is really what the internet's all about. Instead, what has happened? At first, through self-selection and now through other more nefarious means, I think. Nefarious? Well, yeah, I'd say nefarious. But the point is, is that people, right. people, humans. This is this is one of these things that we have, as as human beings over thousands of years, have learned to do, and that is to trust things and to go to groups that are more like us. You know, this has caused all sorts of racial problems in the past. You know, people like likes like. Uh, if that's the phrase, I might be saying that correctly. Um, you know, ba- like why one race might congregate together and right. castigate another. Gravitate sameness. Yeah, exactly. And, and and in the same way, if you go online, if you hold a particular opinion, whether it's about politics, religion, or whether Star Trek's better than Star Wars, or video games, or or whether. <laughs> Whether you think there's not enough feminism in video games versus you think uh, you can't trust video game media. And what what happens if you go online with this whole marketplace of ideas, if you mm-hmm. hold some ideas and you're like, hey, this group over here thinks what I think. I'm going to go see yeah. what they have to say. Sure. And then that's where the echo chamber starts. You say, hey, you know what? That Anita Sarkeesian, right? And then someone else is like, yeah, I know. I didn't like her last video. This other guy over here in the same group's like, I hated it. What a skank. Statler and Waldorf. And it gets worse and it just feeds on itself. That's the the insidious part. These echo chambers, they feed on themselves and they become more more segregated. They become more uh, virulent. They become more extreme. Right. Uh, This... To bring back, and we we came up with this idea. We when we left, when we the two of us broke after the show last week, we were like, okay, so we're gonna meet next week. What's gonna be our our topic? Well, we got internet echo chambers in the pipeline. Let's talk about that because you know election year. That was my first thought. Uh, you have, well, I'll get to that in a second. But anyway, um, and then we had the horrible uh, events in Orlando this past weekend, where uh, some there's no other way to say it, it's just insane person kills shoots down 50 people in a or kills 50 people in a gay club a gay yes. uh, uh nightclub. An, nightclub thank you yeah. uh just because uh basically yeah. um just because well the thing, maybe maybe not well, just because not, not not well okay to, the thing is is that almost immediately the internet goes to its corners right yes you have uh you have trump supporters for lack of a better term saying like see Look, he's got this Muslim name. He probably yes. was totally there to uh, on, a, on a fatwa, basically, you know, trying to yes. kill all these gay people. We right. got to stop he's a jihadist. Exactly, he's a jihadist. We got to stop Muslim immigrants from ever coming to America. In the other corner, you got Hillary supporters, for lack of a better term, who are like, you don't know that. 
he might have just, you know, you're just racist for thinking that. We don't and you know, and also if we just got rid of all those guns. Then everything would be, would be fine. Carry out these kinds of attacks. Yeah, there would be no problems, and right. that's it. Almost immediately, and it doesn't help that the standard bearers of left and right in America, Donald Trump right now and and uh, Hillary Clinton, they feed upon that. Why? Because they're trying to get elected in a few months. Right. So. Um, and so what it what ensues is not and again this is not uh, uh there's no ideological bent to this it's more about trying to to analyze the position the internet then essentially becomes a place where um the the best descriptor of medieval battles i ever heard and it's the most accurate one was actually that the way you see things in braveheart really it never really happened that way basically these armies would go out on the field they'd kind of enclose on each other and they'd kind of do a lot of this Mm-hmm. And then run away. And then come back and do a lot of this and then run away. For those of you I just listening on the podcast, audio only, what, what Commodore just did was shake his hand out a little bit. Shake his hand out and, and, and you know, really kind of in a, in a quasi-fighting stance. A dainty. And I've heard that, too. I actually was just listening to a podcast not long ago talking about the English Civil War where they were talking, the guy was talking about how that's basically how battles went for the most part was you had these melee people go in, they kind of suck their swords around for a little bit to make it look yeah. like they're doing something and then they go away and nothing yeah. really gets settled. Exactly. I mean, it's, it's it, with, with, ex, with rare exceptions, that's kind of how wars were fought by and large uh, since the Middle Ages. So, this is exactly what's going on. I, 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 that's how I visualize what happens in the internet. People pick their corners, like you just said. Issue. It's not about necessarily trying to fix it. It's not trying to necessarily address it. It's not trying to report it, certainly. It's more about trying to make a politicized point about it. Mm-hmm. And they go to their corners. And the internet becomes kind of the sparring chamber um, where, where people kind of you know spar against each other over uh, social media and what have you. But what inevitably happens in that is that people are already in their corners and they're already just kind of creating those echo chambers in their corners. They have their groups ready. Um, they have their groups ready through things like Facebook, Twitter, uh, Reddit. They already have these groups that they're subscribed to or that they have self-selected through who they follow on Twitter or, or friends are with on Facebook. And so they already have that at the ready to be like, oh, man, everyone here thinks like me. I must be right. And then it like releases the dopamine and the things like, oh, yeah, I'm right. Oh, man, I'm so smart. My positions are so correct. And then if they hear something from someone else that disagrees with that, yes, they they don't even try to think about it. They just automatically react. It's very reactionary. Um, very reactionary. I agree with that. Yeah. And, and and so to, to bring back a little bit uh, the camera back a little bit on on the whole election year thing, <clears throat> I see things fairly often on reading Reddit or whatever. Uh, for the record, before I even go on, I am voting for neither Donald Trump nor Hillary Clinton. So there you go. Uh, I, 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 do not, <laughs> I do not approve of one over the other. I, I find them equally offensive. Having Will said you that, vote for Mickey Mouse? Just, just because you can. <laughs> it's America. I can, vote for, I can vote for Mickey Mouse just because I can. You could write in. You should write in. Someone entertaining. Maybe right in. maybe the Commodore. One twenty eight. Ding ding. Oh yeah, there you go. I mean, I'm not running, but but I would take if one elected, vote over none. If elected, would you? If not elected, serve? I would serve. Okay, good enough for me. <laughs> um, 
anyway, my point being is that like, I, I don't approve of either one necessarily, but you obviously see a lot of people on the internet because the internet is mostly a lot of younger people who tend to lean left. Yes. And you see so much stuff about, man, Donald Trump. He's a complete idiot. Anyone who votes for him, oh, and he's a racist, and everyone who votes for him must be an idiot and a racist too. And right. there's a and and that feeds upon itself in your yes. own little echo chamber. Yes. And not that he's not a blowhard, not that he doesn't say a lot of stupid things, but to not try to even understand why someone would vote for somebody. Yes. That you disagree with, I think yes. is is very detrimental to to a lot of things to the functionality of a, a country or right. even the human race you know yeah, it, 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 it makes deny... it too easy to put those person in the other category they are the other right. and they're evil e- easier to demonize that way so uh not to get philosophical but um it, it, the, the 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 thought hegel once said that the, the concept for him is a process of synthesis from um, thesis, antithesis, synthesis, right? Nice. So Hegel's, the Hegelian principle there is that it takes diametric opposites in many ways to create new ideas. The new ideas come from bashing polar opposites together, right? right. The internet, in many ways, is a great example was supposed to be the, the the prominent example of how the global marketplace of ideas would immediately um, and then and then throughout time as well show itself to allow every opinion to have its say and to have the, the ultimate Hegelian synthesis. What you're saying is that that's not what it's doing at all. What it's also what it's actually doing is is creating thesis and anti- and, and antithesis antithesis communities and people just gravitate to whatever they gravitate to and it emphasizes the worst and the best of society in all ways including ideology very well put <laughs> all right you didn't expect for me to get hegelian no i did i know i like i like the comment in the uh, in the chat by russ <laughs> not to get philosophical con- and then further or continues to look into the abyss Anyway, no, 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 that's a very good way to put it. And, and to move on a little bit is like, like, as we mentioned before, people, this is part of the human condition, like, likes, like, people tend to look for their own similar opinions. This is, um, <clears throat> you, you might go out and you might look at news sources that you feel you can quote unquote trust. Uh, I know many people who don't trust any, if Fox News came out tomorrow and said the sky is blue, they'd say, yeah, right, Uh, like I believe that. Same thing for MSNBC. And then there's a host of right and left leaning newspapers, websites, uh, TV uh, channels, etc. That you you can pick and choose blogs. Oh my God, blogs everywhere. Podcasts. But the point being is that um, people are very good at self-selecting what kind of news sources sources they want to get news from. And because of the internet, they can do it incredibly well. Incredibly well, incredibly easily. Twitter is very good for that because you self-select who you follow. Right. Um, and then Twitter. Same thing with Reddit. The same thing with Reddit is that you select, you can select what subreddits you follow. Um, yep. 
Now, where it gets insidious to me is that there are also ways where these companies that run various social media platforms, search engines, things like that, realize that, hey, you know what? Like, 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 people like to click on things that they already agree with uh, and, and, and encourages that confirmation bias. So if we just show them more of that and less of what they don't agree with, then they're more likely to click it, more ad revenue, more time on our site, blah, 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 blah. This is where things like Facebook come in. Uh, Facebook has been shown for the past few years to be really like their their timeline has not been a straight timeline for a while. Um, It doesn't just show your friends. uh, uh, The the, the timeline in in many ways is why I can't stand Facebook anymore. I I can't do Facebook. I, I, I am not on the Facebook uh, unless yeah. absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, and, and because Facebook's like, oh, you click this, you click this link to the Huffington Post a few weeks ago. Let's just show you more websites that I'm are being cunt. linked like that. Or like, yeah. oh, you clicked on this thing about Bernie Sanders. I have my, my girlfriend. Uh, I, I watch her go on Facebook at uh, the corner of my eye. And it's just literally wall of Bernie Sanders articles. And, right. and memes and blah, 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 over and right. over and over. I'm like, how? what's the point of even going on? It's just the same exact thing over and over and over. Um, that no, would drive it's me. an echo chamber. It's an echo chamber. It is her, her Facebook, and I would argue most people's Facebook, is almost the perfect echo chamber because not only is there self-selection in place where you select who you follow, sorry, who your friends are, et cetera, et cetera, but it's also Facebook helping that along. Same thing with Google. No one has their own Google search anymore. No. And they haven't for a while. There is a, I'm not a fan of TED Talks in general for various reasons. Oh, me neither. <clears throat> they, can, they can be very self-aggrandizing. Uh, one of the more famous ones are How to Tie Your Shoes. It was a 10-minute talk. Um, yep. But there was a very interesting one by Eli Pariser, Pariser who uh, is uh, interestingly, this is very interesting that this came from him because he is the chief executive of Upworthy, which I don't necessarily see as, as a great content, but he's also like very heavily involved in the left wing political organization like moveon.org. Um, mm-hmm. But he, he gave this Ted talk where he talked, this was, this was five years ago. He talked about beware online filter bubbles. I actually encourage people to look that, look at this where he talks about how, you know, you not only need to ha- stop yourself from, from, putting yourself in this bubble, but you have to be cognizant of these other companies, these other uh, internet facilities that are encouraging that as well. And like, sure. Like Google, if you go onto Google, even if you go to Google with no cookies on your browser, with no previous searches saved or anything like that, Google checks uh, 57 different things about what you're doing to try to tailor content for you regardless, such as where are you on the planet using this computer? Uh, what kind of browser are you using? What kind of OS yep. are you using? Yep. Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then they are like, oh, you know what? People on Apple's that uh, use Opera uh, in the middle of San Francisco are probably going to want to see all this liberal content, for example. Right. And that's basically what they put up on the. In, in other words, in other words, it is curated by machines. Yes, which is a that dangerous, is an interesting thought. I think that's a very dangerous gatekeeper. Yeah, I agree. Um, so this is we finally gotten to it. The this is the end result of what the internet has become. It's not necessarily what the internet was was intended to be, but in many ways it's the antithesis of what, of what the internet was meant to be. 
you have mm-hmm. machines curating information that it that it thinks that you will find interesting in the hopes that you will pay their advertising bills. But what it's really doing is simply trying to create the echo chamber that exists around you. And it's it it starts very innocuously, right? Again, you talked about it very simply. If you do a simple Google search for something that you're simply interested in, whether you agree with it or not, you just do a simple Google search on it. That is a, a part of your search history forever. <laughs> yeah. So as long as you use that username, as long as that is the center of what you use for Google, it will always have that search entity that you put in forever. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying you can't get away from that. You can search for any countless other things and, and it updates and it realizes you don't search for certain things anymore and it gets rid of it. And, and Google doesn't look at people in specific. They just look in metadata and all that stuff. Okay. But let's be real here. You search for that, for the foreseeable future, they're going to curate content about those things to you. That's what the business is. Yep. That's why they're worth anything. That's why they have value. And we, we, We've discussed this before. More than ever, you are the product. You uh, are the product, exactly. Why do you think Microsoft paid whatever it was, $22 billion, $28.2 billion dollars? <laughs> Six, I think. A, a crap load of money, like yeah. uh, six, six or so Lucas films for yeah. for uh, LinkedIn. It's yeah. not for the platform. It's not yeah. for the brilliant technical minds behind LinkedIn or the CEO prowess of whoever the CEO is. Because everybody's on it. It's not. Yeah, it's not even for the 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 ton of real estate they probably have in the Silicon Valley that they've already paid for. It's because yep. of the data of the people using it. Right. That's incredibly valuable. And, and, and the fact is that these platforms become important for other reasons. So LinkedIn, in many ways, has replaced job sites because you're able to get on there and, you know, communicate with recruiters or, you know, uh, take a look at certain companies that you want to follow and watch them for job openings, uh, you know, post basically your virtual resume all these kinds of things, right? It's it's Facebook for a professional. Yeah, right? it, it real that's really what it is, and it's become even more Facebooky as time's gone on. Oh, with, with like which I I can't stand, but like they have a wall and things like this, and it's like oh I I don't care. Yeah, um, so you're right, but what that means is that they are gener- they and I say they with 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 LinkedIn the specific specific instance, but with Really, every internet outlet, major internet outlet, that is the value. This is your point. The value is having every, you know, having information about people, collecting, and even if it's just aggregating that information, it's very valuable to have that information. What are people interested in? What are people gravitating toward? How do I understand that data? It's analytics, right? No, oh, yeah. Now, to by and large, the Big people data. that are 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 going to lead the next revolution are going to lead in two areas, artificial intelligence and analytics. And those two go hand in hand. Artificial intelligence are things that can make decisions based on code. And by the way, I just saw the movie Ex Machina. Oh. If, you're interested, if you're interested in AI and you want- oh, I already an, saw AI. An honest, an honest, no, no, no. An honest and interesting take <laughs> on what computers and, and robotics could actually look like Ex Machina is the best I've ever seen. It's a fantastic movie. You should see it. Okay. 
Um, but it's it, most movies about AI are stupid, like AI, for example, really stupid. But if you if you it has nothing to do with reality, it's 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 total hogwash. But if you want to see a movie that tries to do it well, Ex Machina does it. So AI is one machines making decisions that normally humans have to make in a nutshell. Mm -hmm. Secondly, analytics. Analytics has to do with all of this data that humans can't possibly look at themselves, but translating that data into something that is discernible and actionable, right? Now, if you combine AI with analytics, then you have machines making decisions about data that is actionable. Yeah. That's it. That's that, what they That's want. what it is. Yeah. Right. And But it, that's also Skynet. <laughs> well, just right? don't give it nuclear weapons. Right. It'll be I mean, fine. Oh, that's, that's true. I forgot about that. Done. Right? We, we need to disarm. disarm I, fi right? I, I fixed it. Skynet. Yeah. If you fix Skynet. But the, the, the fact of the matter is now that's us, exactly what they're trying to build. Now give us our self-driving cars. Because when I go to my Google Now right now, right, it, it's, it's going to say, hey, this is content that you're interested in. Here's Game of Thrones, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They Here's already do articles, that. Right? Yeah. Here is my schedule for, for tomorrow, right? I'm just going through my Google now. It's going to curate that. A machine made that decision. I, you know, I gave it some information. A machine made that information about the stuff that it thinks based on what I've searched for before and the things that I've clicked on. These are the things I'm interested in right now. And that's why Google is perhaps the most powerful company on the planet. Well, just the reams say, of data that they have. I would say absolutely. But unlike the rest of the power players, Amazon, Facebook, even Apple, especially Apple, hmm. um, Google is leagues ahead in terms of artificial intelligence. Yeah. Leagues ahead. They've been, that's what they've been doing for almost over a decade now. Right. I think, I think a lot of people can do analytics. Apple can't even really do that, so yeah, they're dead last. Uh, Apple's – well, that's a whole other podcast in of itself, whole, the future should, of yeah, Apple. No, I'm writing that down. Shit, i got to write that down. <laughs> it's like what kind, of, what kind of a company is Apple? They're a tech company. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> so what is it Whatever. you say you do here? A different topic. Is, is, is what I would say from, from, uh, from Office Space. Um, yeah, no, good, good topic. Wrote it down. Anyway – I'm glad Techie is here so he can figure out exactly what the heck is going on with chat because people are bugging, have been bugging me the entire episode that the chat is totally totally hosed and wasted. We got half the chat but, going? So, yeah, so te Techie half needs in, to go take out. a look at that. I was um, wondering where Techie is because he's going. not in the chat I'm seeing. So, yeah. so Techie's always there to, to, to figure out the issues. And, and Probably something I did. Anyway. Like a deus ex machina. Oh. He comes in to, to, to solve all of our problems. So... Um, so, so for me, the, the idea that, that the machines make those kinds of decisions and Google happens to be at the forefront of AI, that's, that's what's interesting, right? Um, I, I am, I'm, I'm interested in how that – what is the end game? Can you tell me what the end game is for this kind of stuff? Like what does the internet echo chamber do for us? Oh, what does it do for us? Yeah, I mean, what, what does it do you know, to us? What, what, you know, uh, what's the, no, what, what's the logical conclusion of the echo chamber? I, I, we're, we're halfway there, uh, roughly halfway. I, it's People have been bemoaning for 
geez, over a decade now, the the hyper-partisanship of politics. Not to say, I mean, the thing is, if you look back at, uh, okay, I'm talking American history here specifically because we're American. Yep. That's what I know, mostly. Yep. But, I mean, there have been we're some... We're going to answer some Canadian questions during the Q&A. So we're <laughs> right now, yeah. um, there have been some pretty hyper-partisan parts of American history. But, yes, definitely, if you look at most of the 20th century versus the past... 15, 20 years, it seems a lot more hyper-partisan. The left goes more left, the right goes more right. Uh, there are certain states in the Electoral College that you would be, I would compl- I would cut off my left arm if I thought that they went the other way. Like, if I thought California went to a Republican, that would be absolutely ridiculous. If I thought, sure. if I thought that uh, Nebraska would go to a Democrat, that would be absolutely, yeah. absolutely ridiculous. But... Right. But look at the 20th century. There are multiple times when when there have been all sorts of shifts. I mean, Ronald Reagan won all but two states, and that was only yes. 30 years ago. Right. Uh, you know, to think about something like that nowadays on either side sounds completely ridiculous. Hyperpartisanship goes up. And this is a problem with more than just politics, but politics is, you know, the, the main topic of this year. So I'm going with that. Uh, and it's not about the proliferation of information. You no. Know. In many ways, it's the proliferation of... Your own opinion. Political ideology. Yes. That is unique to human beings. And I think that is what, to me, this whole thing is about. Yes. Political ideology is nothing but a reflection of the best and the worst. And I would argue, in many cases, it's mostly the worst of humanity. And, And it is extremely good at encouraging and, and, um, Oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, radicalizing beliefs Good you word. already hold. Yes. Why does something like Gamergate explode in such vitriol on both sides? I don't why, know. What meanwhile, in the world if, if would I, cause I, that uh, from such a little thing? Meanwhile, here's the video thing. games. So you you know you know my my position here. But if if I if I walked into a bar. And I sat down and sat and and right next to me, Anita Sarkeesian sat next to me. We could share a drink, shake hands, and have a conversation, an intelligent conversation about what's actually going on in the video game industry. And neither one of us would die, and neither one of us would probably yell, and we'd probably end the evening with it with a shake of a hand and and walking away. Right? This is to me. I mean, you, you can't share a drink with people on the internet. That's what I'm really saying. <laughs> you can't have a beer summit? Hey, you can't have a beer summit. Um, I am saying that. However, um, I, I, what I'm really, I guess, saying is that it's, 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 we don't, we've lost some of that. In our internet age, we've lost some of what we used to have in terms of being able to really work out the Hegelian thesis, antithesis, synthesis. Yes, and 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 so what that does in the end is causes people to become more radicalized. I'm going to reuse that word, <clears throat> and they they go off into their own little corners and they just become more violent toward each other with words on the internet because that's the easiest. But then also with actions, there have been some violent actions against people. There are you know why 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 in the world would you attack someone outside of a political event unless you thought that that person who was running for president will literally bring about armageddon which let's face it is ridiculous no matter almost no matter who is running at least in america right. there, there's checks and balances against that kind of thing people but anyway 
The point is, why would you punch someone in the face because they have an opposing political viewpoint? Really? I don't. I don't know. So I don't know. But so, that's but that is the internet age we live in today. It is, and so so this is this is a cautionary tale for all of you dear viewers um the internet's not going to do anything to help you break out of this this confirmation bias echo chamber bubble all right yes you, you facebook's certainly not going to do it google's not going to do it as much as i like google they're not they're not going to do no. it no. uh twitter well, they're, they're too Reddit, lucrative without it exactly it's not in their interest to help broaden your horizon so you have to Try to understand what the if you have hold a particular opinion doesn't matter if it's politics doesn't matter if it's religion doesn't matter if it's video game console of choice, you need yes. to try to see it from the other person's perspective. That's an old saying: walk a mile in the other person's shoes. People, yes. by and large, are not evil. Okay, N almost no one is going to vote for Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton because they are evil. I would even say Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump are not evil in of themselves. No. They hold certain beliefs and they want to act on them. Yes. And then if you disagree with those beliefs, try to understand and it will it things might just click. Right? So and you'll be like, I, "Oh, I can kind of see I disagree with that still. But I can kind of see why they right come they think this way and they come across through a certain amount of actions thinking that this will result." So Torgo just just mentioned in chat, violence around politics isn't new at all. And and we're not saying that. No, it's not, not saying that. I mean, you know, Julius Caesar is murdered, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, this is this is not this is not a we're not saying that violence around politics. When you said violence, when you talked about, you know, going back to the corners, I took I took a little bit of an exception to that because I don't think it's, it's not that violence doesn't result in that. It, it does. It is the echo chamber creates. I like your idea of the radicalization, but it, it is it is basically the the fierceness with which those beliefs propagate themselves. Right. So it's like a snowball effect. Mm -hmm. If I begin with a certain ideological positioning and then I go into the to the um, to the echo chamber. All of a sudden, that snowball gets out of control, and pretty soon, my my feelings are my feelings, and I'm screaming about them. Not necessarily violent, not necessarily hurting people, but they are screaming inside of me because I am a part of the echo chamber phenomenon. By the way, it's great to see you all. Thank you all for joining us in the chat. <laughs> we now have double like the chat served size. everything. Thank you. So, um, you know, all of a sudden, bang, everybody's here, and uh, and 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 everything's great. So, welcome and thank you for joining us. But the um, you you only missed uh, uh, you know chatting on on half of the episode three quarters of the episode. <laughs> but um, but so, so that that for me I, we're not saying political violence or violence in general is anything new. We're not making an argument about violence by and large. What we're saying is the internet has created an easy easy environment for people to radicalize or otherwise ignore positions that are not their own. Yes. Um, and not uh, may, maybe it's about time to uh, end off the topic, but uh, I might as well bring this up and, and lose any sort of moral authority I had. But we got to talk about some Nazis. Um, 
<laughs> Only because. You mean the internet's favorite topic? Yes, yes. And Stephen Colbert means even, I lose. even talks about Nazis on on his uh, on his on his uh, evening program now. So you, you can talk his, about Nazis anywhere. His, Stephen Colbert's evening talk. program. Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I, I'm not I'm not awake anymore for those late night shows. So I call them <laughs> evening programs. That's old people talk. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tig mentioned in that the chat means- just now. People people need to realize that. Even even the Germans in Nazi Germany weren't evil, and yet great evils could be done. The banality of evil, uh, which is another great topic in itself, just talking about the banality of evil. But I, I don't think many people. Well, maybe some. Okay, most people would agree. Adolf Hitler's. If anyone in the world has ever been pure evil, that's a that's a good one. You know, to you say. think so? You you think Hitler is the most evil person? That I'm ever not lived? saying he's most, but he is one oh, of the okay. top people. If a if an actual if evil does exist. If people can ever truly be evil, that's a good contender for an evil person. He's that, a good contender. Very good contender. But yes. but there were how many millions of Nazi, Nazi soldiers in Nazi Germany? Yes, a were lot. They, were they all evil? Now, a lot of them did evil things, but were they all yes. evil? Well, uh, I, I, I would say here. Some of them are still in South America and enjoying <laughs> cocktails, so you can go ask them. The thing is that a lot of them, here, here's the thing, is that. What what happened in Nazi Germany? And the, if you ever have a chance to go to the Holocaust Museum in in DC, it's absolutely oh, it's amazing. Phenomenal. And I learned yeah, it's it is really great at teaching not only all the horrors that happened during the Holocaust, but also the lead up to it. Yeah. What happened? Excuse me. What happened in the early? <laughs> excuse me while I whip this out. <laughs> My lightsaber just went off. Um, in the early nineties. Sorry, in the early thirties, the Germans. Sorry, the Nazis come to power. In a minority government, basically, and through a series of events, wind up basically making it illegal to not be part of the Nazi party. Becomes an echo chamber. Yes. It becomes the demonization of an other, being mostly Jews. Right. This is how... Scapegoating. And I'm not saying saying that the internet's going to cause another rise of Nazis... You know, I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of stuff that can lead to really horrendous acts on the part of a group of people or individuals is that when you get when you only see this this small part of the world and you only see these these viewpoints and then become radicalized because it just feeds in on itself and you can demonize others, dehumanize them, it becomes much more easy to act perform evil acts and it, it it is really incumbent upon people themselves to try to break out of that and understand others and not do that please agree and i think the, the last thing i'll say on it is that i don't necessarily think that we're saying that the reactionary part of this is what's wrong right what we're really talking about is a medium so the medium of the internet, of the web, right? Uh, when left to its devices of this curation around like-minded ideas, creates an echo chamber that can persistently radicalize even simple, simple folks that would never have gone there to begin with, right? It's not even necessarily the reactionary part of this that we have a problem with. It's that, it's, that it's, 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 it's so easy and so plausible given the technology. Doesn't mean we need to end the internet. I'm not trying to say that any way, shape, or form. The internet's done a lot of great things too. Oh, definitely. But, 
But you have to take this, the good with the bad, this, folks. This is one of the more insidious parts of the internet that I think it a lot of people don't is. even realize is a problem. Look, I mean, look at Jared from Subway. Whoa, right? that turned. He, he goes to jail because he uses the technology to propagate some very illegal and I would call evil, morally questionable material, right? Um, but the only reason he was able to do that kind of work was because of the technology itself, right? You just can't do it any other way. So as we've said a million times in this program, the internet is really good at propagating information. It's not necessarily about propagating correct information. Yes. Or true information or good information. It's about propagating information. And we can't forget that. Just remember, citation needed. Citation needed. <laughs> so saith so saith the wise Why is Alonzo. Wikipedia. Oh, sorry. No, I was I was using that joke. Man, I thought you were going to go. Gonna, damn it. I thought you were going to go the full Baldur's Gate anyway. I, w I did go the full Baldur's Gate. I was using a Baldur's Gate uh, saying to make my point about Wikipedia. Anyway, all right. We're done with that. <laughs> we're done with all that. Done. Talk about any of that this is like the closest to having a political or quasi-political topic we've ever had on this program. Um, uh, we've, we've gotten close before. We've gotten close. We've danced on it. Um, tippy tappy tap dance. Now that everybody's back in chat, I bet you all want to ask questions, which is what the portion of the program we're getting to is right this very second. Chat exploded. So all you have to do, if you want to ask us a question, for those of you that have not been able to follow along in chat to thus far, all you have to do is click on my name, Commodore128, in the chat, send me a private message. Already got several. Ask a question. Could be about the topic du jour. Could be about the tids and bits. Could be about anything you could possibly imagine. <coughs> as long as it's good. We will ask and answer it live on the air. Or even if it's bad. We've gotten lots of bad questions that we answer too, so go for it. You ready to rock and roll? Oh, yeah, let's go. All right, here, let's do this. So, Boom. Two questions. That's uh, it. Go. This one came in before the program even began, oh. and I, I think it's a great question. We have to answer it. Here we go. Tanner okay. asks, and, and for those of you that, that, that do want to tweet questions before the program, sure, go ahead. Feel free. It's just proof. Tanner asks, do you have a main character or characters you dislike from a game that you love. Sure. Next question. Stop it. Answer the question. <laughs> oh. Tell, tell, tell Tanner, give Tanner the, the example. What were you thinking of when you answered that question? A main, a, a, a main character or an, a villain? Uh, or so does it matter? I, a, a main character or characters. I'll, I'll assume a protagonist. Yeah. yeah. Like... Do you dislike Iron Man and the Avengers or for something like that? That's just the first example that popped in my head, right? No, we were talking about video games, though, right? Right. I'm, I'm just okay. I'm giving you an example because you asked a question. Oh. Right, forget it. Forget it. Got it. Just answer the question. Okay. Uh, well, of course, I have to go to Final Fantasy VI, and so I'm, go I'm running through the list of characters there. Huh? Uh, that I hate... There are some I don't feel that great about, but I mean that yeah, I there, there are, are. Are there really any you hate? I mean, I think Final Fantasy VI did a pretty good nah, job. They're pretty good. Characters. They're pretty yeah. good. Uh, Cloud. Uh, Final Fantasy VII. Cloud, Cloud kind of sucks. He does. Cloud kind of sucks. He does suck. Yeah. He is really annoying, actually. I was gonna say Cloud. That was my first reaction. Um, Waka from 
Final Fantasy X. I'm going through all the Final Fantasies now. Uh, mm. um, uh, who's the main guy in Final Fantasy VIII? It's not Cypher. Oh, uh, yeah, but I didn't like Final Fantasy VIII, so I'm not going to say that. It wasn't oh, a yeah, game. That's true. So, I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even like Final Fantasy VIII, so. Never mind. Um, um, how about Jill Valentine from Resident Evil? Like, She's so horribly annoying. Jill Sandwich. Yeah, um, he almost became a Jill Sandwich. <laughs> uh, uh, I don't know. I guess she's a. F- what's wrong with what's wrong with Jill Valentine? She's so annoying in that game. Oh my god, so annoying. Yeah, Squall sucks in Final Fantasy VIII, but Final Fantasy VIII sucks. Anyway, um, so. um, <clears throat> yep, that's the answer. Yeah, the, the the dog and duck hunt. Um, uh, it, it's a it, it's a guy. Pretty much all the helper characters in the Legend of Zelda games are really annoying. I mean, that's like a that's a that's like a meme now basically no it's seriously like they're all just like i said that's part of the problem of of recent zelda games is that they telegraph absolutely everything that you should be doing um it's and that's part of i think they're hopefully getting away with with the new zelda with more exploration instead of hey don't forget that you got to do this here's your directive over here two minutes later by the way don't forget about this shouldn't you be doing that hey don't start to go this way yeah yeah, Mega no, Man. Don't forget mean. to press A to jump, Mega Man. Stuff like that. Yeah, thanks. There you go. Um, yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> I agree with that. All right. Um, all right. That's. The, I, I like that question. That's why I wanted to ask it first. Okay, so let's see. Let's go to Brandon, who asks, "What is going on with the video game years '90s?" Big fan of the podcast. It's got me more back or back more into gaming. They probably should be more back into gaming there, Brandon. But um, what's going on with the video game years in the 90s? What's going uh, on with it? You a part good, of that? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, no, it's it, it's it's uh, in hiatus, basically. Uh, I, I really don't have much more information than that, unfortunately. Um, this is This is where my expertise would come into play, where I ever called upon. <laughs> because the 90s happens to be my special yeah 90s is the one that everyone wants to talk about right so, exactly um it's it's not it's probably a good reason why you shouldn't probably there are various reasons why it's been put on hiatus i mean like i i've obviously been not very active with online stuff outside of this here podcast I, pat's been working on his book uh which just got released i think officially uh or is about to be released uh, he's been working on that pretty hardcore for over a year, so he hasn't had a lot of time to do it. Uh, the yep. other the other producers are also busy with a lot of their other stuff. So, um, it it uh, I would love for it to come back. Uh, it would just take something to be the impetus to get it going. So, uh, but there's I've heard a lot of good feedback on that. So, nice. All right, hmm. um, and we're glad to be bringing you back yeah. into gaming because. Retro gaming is, is, is the way. Yeah. I, the more I watch E3, the more I enjoy playing DuckTales on NES, which I played extensively this week in my spare time. Oh, yeah. And Pat, and Pat may have said that it's canceled, but I'm always more of an optimist. I like to say shelved. So Yeah, there you go. That's good. Indefinite hiatus. So. Anuvong asks, what video game would you guys think would make the best stage play? Now, this is a very unique question. We haven't gotten this one before. Stage play. What game? Video game. Stage wow. Play. See, this one to me would, would, would gravitate toward the more simplistic 
of of game of video game arcs like say prince of persia or super mario brothers super mario brothers could be a stage play i don't think you that would be a stage a, play as although you could make a super mario brothers stage play as interestingly as and it took me years before i read something on there to note this but uh, the fact that super mario 3 is set up like a stage play have you noticed yeah, that well well i mean the freaking intro is about yeah. the curtain I, ne- I never realized that. It's like curtains, like everything in the game looks like props. That's hilarious. It's awesome. Oh, oh, Mi- oh Miyamoto. He's so clever. You know, uh, but no, it's, it's funny. It's true. I didn't realize that for a long time either. And then I don't know why, but it just popped into my head. I was like, oh, my God, look at this. It's, this is all just a, just a play. You know what I'm going to say is Braid. I think that would be an interesting stage play. I always felt that had the gravitas of a stage play. It seems like something you might go see. Mm. Maybe. I just love Braid. It's such a Braid, Braid would make game. an excellent stage play. I yeah. agree. There you go. It'd be fun to watch about about the nature of human emotions and our histories. Um, yeah, I'd see that. I'd see that. How about Eek the Cat? The, uh, the, stage, the stage play? play? Based yeah. on the video game, of course. Based on the video game, not the show. I yes. think you have. I think the uh, video game marathons have turned that we've done have turned you into uh, 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 a sadist. No, a masochist. Yes. Which one is the one where masochist. you like being hurt? You're a masochist now. Masochist, I think, is when you hurt yourself. Yes. Right. Well, yeah. or, or you just like being hurt. Sadism, I think, is just the you like hurting of pain. You let no, no. Sadism, sadism. It's like the Marquis de Sade. You like you. You kind of get oh, off on yes. causing pain. Right, right, right. It's right, right, a, right. I always think of. So I had um, that backwards. Sadomasochism is one where you enjoy inflicting pain that, on yourself. Yeah. No, I think sadomasochism is the interplay of one who likes causing pain and one who enjoys receiving pain. Uh, yes, yes, yes. And yes, I yes. always think of the scene from Little Shop of Horrors, the mm. movie, where you have Bill Murray as the masochist and yeah. Steve Martin as the sadist. Ah, uh, yes. Because he says in his song, his mom. Some always call them a semi-sadist or something like that. Or yeah, yeah anyway, that, that's how I see. That, that is a mnemonic device. There you go. That's fantastic. I'll, you'll, you'll, now I will never forget that. <laughs> um. Anyway, here's a deep question. Are you ready for this one? Yes. The Jake Ott asks, "Can you guys speak on the possible relationship between Rue's suggestion about radicalization provided by the internet?" And the human desire for homogenous groupings, perhaps how the two feed each other. Yeah, that's a deep question. I mean, I, I kind of touched on that earlier. It's like I, I feel that, well, not that I feel. I, I think there's been lots of studies that have been done, and I feel I've read summaries of that. And it, it also kind of makes sense from a, from just like an inherent perspective that you know you trust people. Think back to old, you know, your humans, 5,000, 6,000, 10,000 years ago. If you are in a group of people that look like you and act like you, you're going to trust them more. Uh, kids do this, too. They kind of gravitate toward people or other kids that are kind of like them. Uh, and yeah. that's basically tens of thousands of, thousands of years of conditioning that has been burned into the human brain. And it's only in the past 50 years, really, that things like 
hum or not homogenization, but uh, heterosation. Heterogeneity. That's a good word. Uh, that's where where diversity has become not something to be avoided, but something to be encouraged. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is why it's like it's like a buzzword. Like, yeah. Like, I honestly got to watch the Tonys the other day, and literally oh, every I'm, other. I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely <laughs> sure. If, if you if you didn't lie about anything in this whole podcast. I, I lied about everything else. About no, but but literally every other speech adds something about something about the buzzword of diversity in it because like that's what you're expected to talk about and is expected to prop up. This is a very new thing in the course of human history. Uh, so so even though people even even people who proclaim diversity don't necessarily follow that. It's like yes, we love and you see this on college campuses quite often where you have a group because mostly left-leaning people on on college campuses they're like we want diversity but by that we don't necessarily mean we want to hear from opinions on the right because they're wrong you know or or, or really it's not really necessarily right or left it's it's more about positions that are counter to you know yeah. whatever our positions are right we're not necessarily interested in no no, no. In, i was just using that particular example but you're of course you are of course right yeah. Um, so, so even, you know, it's like the very obvious things of like in modern Western society, it's like, Hey, you shouldn't be a racist. Like that's obvious. Hey, you shouldn't be sexist. That goes without sure. saying almost. Um, but people still find other ways to find an other to, to find a group to join and, and not like another group. And the right. internet makes that easier because you can find if you um, if you like blue marbles and you live in a town full of people that have green marbles. Wow, it's really hard for you to 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 find a group to radicalize yourself in and or just join and be a part of. But you know what? Hey, that internet will will tell you can find people with blue marbles all across the world that you can talk to about how much you love blue marbles and. How, freely available at all times. And how those, about blue marbles. those green marbles are just wrong. You know, they just have yeah. that horrible sickly shade and you just want to smash all those green marbles and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then they're so ridiculous, etc. Yeah. No, I got you. I agree. I, the, I think we're looking at something that very much, like you said, is ingrained into humanity. The internet just enables it. That's, that's all we're talking about. That's yeah. It brings out, the, as you said, the best and worst in humanity. And what's interesting is to think of whether or not that changes the dynamic globally of how people have opinions. And, you know, does that mean that we're perpetually going to stick in our camps and just fight it out at this point, fight it out amongst each other? Um, Kind of a scary thought. Hmm. Uh, To add some levity to this, Millennial Falcon (laughs) asks, as a Canadian, which is great, we'd answer answer some Canadian. That's a great name, by the way. Yeah. Millennial Falcon asks, as a Canadian. What is the best crappy American fast food I can get when I go to the U.S. of A.? Now, that could be taken a few ways. Do you mean like... I don't think, I don't think he means bad for you. Okay. I think he means crappy as in like it is like really this, bad food. Like this is processed garbage, but yes. I love eating it kind of right. stuff. Well, is it, is it that you love... We need the Millennial Falcon to... to potentially clarify and it also depends on where you're going in the u.s yeah. because there's some regional food sure that so, is all right let's let's go with good. that so so some some garbage food that you enjoy 
for um, now. So we mean, do you mean bad for you or as in it's actually bad, but it's still enjoyable? Like, for example, um, like I would place a difference between like if I were to go out, if I were to go out and say like, man, I really want a chicken sandwich and it's yeah. fast food. I could be right. like, I'm going to go to Chick-fil-A and I'm going to get yeah. like their whatever it is, $4 chicken sandwich. And that's going to be yep. the best darn fast food, bad for you chicken sandwich there is. Yep. Or I can go to McDonald's and pay a dollar for their chicken sandwich, and it's like this is super just processed. Just the microwave. It's super processed garbage, but you know what? I still enjoy it. Yeah, but I, I really wanted a chicken sandwich. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's a good question. You know, all right. Well, why don't we answer both angles with that? So let's 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 say the the food that's genuinely horrible, horrific. And then the stuff that that's just enjoyably. We might bad. be overcomplicating the question. I think so too. Yeah. But go ahead. That's why I say just just answer both because it's um, not going to take. Some of the best fast food I think you're going to find. I already mentioned things like Chick Fil A. Things like Five Guys Burgers and Fries is really good. Mm-hmm. I, I really like them a lot. Uh, off on the West Coast, you got uh, In and Out, which I finally tried last year. That's actually pretty good. Kind of lives up to the hype there. Yep. Uh, I know Texans claim Whataburger is awesome. I've never tried them, though. Uh, in the southeast, you have Bojangles, which has the oh, best chicken gotcha. biscuits. The best. They're dangerous for you because they're yep. so good. And you can eat they're so good. You can inhale it and boom, there's 800 calories all of a sudden. Yep. Um, I actually like Hardee's and Carl's Jr.'s burgers. They're actually they've gotten really, a lot really better. good. Than when we were kids, yes. Yeah, I, I we don't have them here, but so I haven't had one in a really long time. But um, so now let's like so if you want to in, ingest pure garbage, <laughs> hot pockets are pure garbage, but I still hot enjoy pockets. them. Hot pockets are so bad. hot pockets. <laughs> Anything, um, any sort of microwaved hamburger <laughs> or chicken sandwich <laughs> that you go to the store and you get and you bring it back. It's like that tastes like Papa John's got a hamburger on a pizza. (laughs) Now he's got a cheeseburger on a pizza because people were apparently pissed that he got rid of his hamburger on a pizza. I think you'd be proud of me. I can't remember. I can't remember what the context was. Oh, oh, I went with a friend. We were out and we were at at a place that is known for serving buffalo wings. It's like Buffalo Brothers or something. Yeah. And he gets a salmon salad, a grilled salmon salad. I'm like, you're the kind of guy who would go to McDonald's and ask for a hot dog. Yeah, you know, go 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 which, to a, of which they have hot dogs at Burger King, uh, uh, and that was brought up, and it's like, no, I was well, I wouldn't eat that. So I used to have the hot dogs at Hardee's before Hardee's became part of Carl's Jr. and then they you know did their own thing. Um, first off, to answer, there, I think Torgo asked a question uh, a little while ago. Have we had? Have we tried uh, uh, Tim Hortons? I feel this is an important question from the Canadians. The answer is yeah. yes, quite often. Yeah. Um, the coffee is good. Food, not so much. Uh, yeah. Donuts are good, though. The donuts it's the same with, like, Dunkin' Donuts, though. Like, they're, they're Yeah, not, you don't really yeah. want to go to Dunkin' Donuts or Tim Hortons and get a sandwich. It's just not going to no. be that good. Not they, good. They're going to have good coffee. They're going to have good donuts. Yeah. But really, Dunkin' what, what Donuts is, is pretty garbage food. But I would say... I would say that... Like a Taco Bell, for example. Taco, Taco Bell, Bell is the is, best crap food. Is so, so good. But it is so, so terrible. Yes. Um, I think that's the winner. I think that's got to be the winner. I think it's the winner. And, and, but here's the thing. 
I you know it's not pure garbage, but it's it's like one cut above pure garbage. <laughs> but it tastes so good. It does. It's so like good. it is satisfying, like something you have never had in your life. You pay it. You pay a dollar for like a half pound beef and Fritos yep. burrito. Okay. Yep. And we're changing all our answers. Go to Taco Bell oh. and get like a grilled stuffed burrito. They, and realize that you haven't lived, and then go back to Canada and pretend it never happened, and then you will die shortly thereafter. What? Yeah, well, no, you'll you'll get you'll get Chipotle away. Oh, Chipotle is good though. Chipotle is delicious. That's what you should Chipotle try. Away is some of from South Park. But these things good. these things must be in Canada, right? But maybe not. Okay, so if yeah, you want to experience the best, right? if you want to experience the worst, you go to Taco Bell, and then the opposite is Chipotle. I love Chipotle, and they're really high quality. Yeah, good it's really fast food, but I guess it is. It's fast. Come on, fast food. It's fast. It's fast. Yeah. But it okay. might take one more minute because they're making it in front of you. It's either they're making it in front of you or they're making it in the back. Same thing. Whatever. Yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. All right, whatever. Um, you really <laughs> totally just had to like shut down half their restaurants for like E. coli. Yeah. You know what that means? Whatever. Shorter lines for me. really good. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's do this. So I was gonna say talk about Sonic has Rose, to be in Canada anyway. As she always does, gave me a cavalcade of questions to ask. <laughs> cavalcade. Um, so I What's will I will have to select one because that is the game. So <laughs> the game the game here is is that she makes a prediction as I'm sure in her mind she, she makes a prediction as to the one that I'm going to pick. And uh, and then I actually ask the one. So here we go. From the six questions that were asked, <laughs> here is number five. Game or movie that has most surpassed your expectations of it? Ooh. I know you'd love that one. I might have to go movie because I'm having I'm trouble. I'm sure there are games that have surpassed my expectations, but I can't really recall anyone that were like super big off the top of my head. <clears throat> no. But there's a ton of hype around most of the video games that we played all of our lives. <sighs> That's the thing, right? Um, although Final Fantasy VI when I first played it, it did exceed any sort of hype I had about it. Of course, I didn't have much hype about it, so that's probably why. That exceeded a lot of expectations. Um, you know what one uh, what one movie I really go to fairly often as a an exceeds expectations type of movie? Is what? The Mummy. Oh, my God. I thought that was going to be like a very standard kind of garbage movie when we went that's to go exactly see it. exactly what I was going to say. And I came <laughs> out of that like, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, I I had the same exact reaction. It was the mummy because the mummy yeah. was like I thought it was going to be a disaster, and it ended up being pretty good. Kind of came out of nowhere. No, for the love of God, please, Hollywood, if you're listening, give Brendan Fraser a job, please. Just give him a job. Yeah. Okay. Well, well did you see that thing in, on Reddit today about how a Bollywood movie has now hired him as the villain? Oh no, I haven't, I haven't Brent, read that. Brent, but that's phenomenal. Brendan Fraser. I like Get Brendan Fraser. Damn it! I, yes. I I like Brendan Fraser and a lot of the stuff I've seen him in. The best thing he's ever been though in was Scrubs. I think he he had a turn for a few episodes in Scrubs. Encino Man. I never saw Encino Man, but I guarantee he was better you've than Paulie Shore. Every Paulie Shore movie you've seen. Every... I cannot stand Paulie. I have seen more Paulie Shore than I ever would like to admit, though. <laughs> A jury oh. duty. All right, that's what uh, I was thinking of. I was thinking of jury duty. Oh, that movie. Oh, I'm probably sure. Why is he funny? He's not. If you're if you're ever mad about Adam Sandler, just think of Paulie Shore. 
Polly Shore. Polly Shore. Where did that come from? <coughs> I don't remember where, where, why we came up with that. Polly Shore. I have no idea. We were trying to we were trying to curse something, and we came up with Polly Shore instead. It's a good curse word. All right, it is Gizmo's Game Lounge asks. With Horizon being in development, do you believe we will have more positive female leads in video games that do not have to be overly sexualized to become popular? Ah, ah. Should I let you handle this one? Gizmo's Game Lounge, you are my new favorite follower of the program. <laughs> this happens to be. Wait, who's your old favorite follower of the program? We need to know this um, for the records. I have many. No, nope, you had to have one. Choose. Well, I mean, I would choose Psycho. Ah, psychopathor. Yeah. Sorry, you're out. Come on. You're out. Come on. Um, this happens to be the the very topic of my master's thesis, <laughs> and it is it is in many ways why I think Arnita Sarkeesian's research is bupkis. Ooh, you because used the B instead word of with Anita Sarkeesian. <laughs> well, because if instead of focusing on the negative, we should be focusing on the positive, right? And there are some very very good female examples i was very much in line with the uh beyond good and evil example which is what my master's thesis was pointing at this is a good example of a strong female character that doesn't stick with the tropes that anita sarkeesian spends endless time talking about um the other one that i think is really really good that i'm very excited about that did not sell well in its first iteration is mirror's edge so mirror's edge catalyst mm -hmm. That was an interesting shot. Faith is uh, is a is a is a really great character. One that is not overtly sexualized. Really not. Really not at all. And I think that's one of the reasons why it didn't sell very well because it's not you know. I thought uh, it sold okay though. No, it was it was pretty much a commercial it was, failure. It was bad. Okay, never mind. Yeah, it was pretty much a commercial failure. I'm kind of amazed they're making a second one, but the second one's going to be a lot better. But I think there's two reasons why that, that 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 game did not do well. One was, and the primary reason, in my opinion, is because of the combat system. So yeah, that was kind of emphasized garbage. not having gun combat, and then you got guns, and it was a gun combat game. Well, it's not a first-person shooter, and it never should have been. So it was almost like they were conceding that you couldn't make a game without being a first-person shooter, and I thought that was pretty much a bad thing. And the other thing was that the faith is not hyperly sexualized, right? It, it, she's just not. Yeah. And I think, you know, uh, what was the, uh, what's the Sega game for, for Nintendo? Um, the Sega game for Nintendo? Yeah. This, the Sega developed game with the, with the, with the female character who's overly sexualized famously. Um, Tomb Raider? That's not a Sega game. You Metro Metroid? No, the one where they, they give you the first one when you buy the second one, which was a Wii U exclusive. Oh, Bayonetta. That's a, Bayonetta. Is that a Sega game? That's not a Sega, Sega game. Sega game. Is it's it? It's a Sega game, isn't it? I think it's full of crap. I'm looking this up. Bayonetta. I think I need to buy Bayonetta 2. Sorry, it's a pla It's published by Sega. Platinum game developer. Jerk off. I told you I knew what I was talking about. Published by Sega. <laughs> oh, America. distributed anyway. by Sega. Yeah. Yeah. Sega. Published Got by Nintendo. It. Suck it. So the point is, thank you. See, Sonic Rose eventually answered Bayonetta. If, if Faith <laughs> like my was better. modeled like Bayonetta, I guarantee you they would have sold better. But it would have been a very different game. And I think it just goes to show you that positive female you know, role models in games don't necessarily sell all that well. 
which is why people gravitate away from them, right? You, it's it's going to be very it's going to be a long time before you see certain genres adapt a female as a protagonist. But I think um, I think uh, Catalyst does a great job of that. I think Beyond Good and Evil does again. Horizon. All these 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 games are incredible in my mind um, because they 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 put great positive female role models out there that aren't hypersexualized. But by the way. You know, we we make movies that do the same exact thing. So, and movies are popular, and they they do a good job, and they have beautiful women in them. It's okay to have a game that has a beautiful woman in it. And tropes are called tropes because they are commonplace in the way that we tell stories. If you have a beautiful woman because it helps you tell a story, that's not a bad thing. So I got a Take question. Sarkeesian. Yeah, go ahead. <clears throat> How long have you hated women? Exactly. So, so now we're getting into the echo chamber. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is echo chamber live. It took <laughs> yeah. us took us uh, an hour twenty five minutes to to get to that that little nugget yeah. nugget. Gem. You mean you mean seven years to, mm. to, to, to get to that that point? Okay. So uh, I'm giving you two more questions. All right. Here we go. You ready? Yep. Um, Broccolope, who had to put his uh, eight my, month old to bed. My favorite vegetable. <laughs> Is it really? Broccolobes your favorite vegetable? Oh, yeah. Um, in light of the new Zelda announcement, how wild is your breath? <laughs> uh, it's a little wild uh, at the moment. Yeah, it's a little wild at the moment. I, I oh. might have eaten uh, uh, some peanut butter on toast with uh, garlic powder on it earlier tonight. So Yeah. It's, it's a little wild. By the way, if you've never tried that, it's surprisingly good. Garlic, garlic powder, peanut butter bread. I swear, I have actual food in the house. I'm not a homeless person. Yeah. Uh, good. Glad, <laughs> Glad to hear that. <laughs> um, here we go. From Marquis. Two right. weeks in a row, you guys spoil me. Anyway... I've been playing some Shining Force, and it's been fantastic. It got me thinking, what is your favorite Genesis game? Ooh, okay. James Genesis. Pond Jr. Ooh. No, just kidding. Um, I was about to say, you've never talked about how much you like that game. So I'm <laughs> shocked by that. Uh, Streets of Rage 2. I was going to say Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Three best-selling games for Genesis. You ready? Number one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Number two, Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Number three, you have any guesses? Streets of Rage. Aladdin for Genesis was the third best-selling game on Genesis. Did you know this off the top of your head? I I watch a lot of stupid videos. Oh, well, yeah. Okay. I I memorize a lot of useless facts. I was going to say, yeah. Citation needed, but yeah, but it's all good. Everything's fine. Just, just uh, what do you call it? Uh, <laughs> crap! Those people that I follow—they're <laughs> really good. I met them at at uh, Con Bravo. Um, do you know gaming? Did you? Oh, know gaming? oh right, right, right. They're do good you, people. They're, yeah, good, they're yeah. good people. Yeah. We'll yeah. Watch a couple of those episodes. You'll get some of those tidbits. Uh, oh, Mega Man: The Wily Wars is a very good one, actually. Hey, there you go. That's actually that's a, that's a good. I, I could use. Thank you for reminding me that exists. <laughs> Um, Streets of Rage 2 is 
it's just fantastic. It's better than Streets of Rage 3. Um, streets of Rage 2. Streets, 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 streets. I'm all excited now, too. I'm all excited now, too, because on RetroPie, you can load the Beats of Rage engine. Beats of Rage. Beats, 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 beats. That's how it goes, right? Beats of Rage engine allows you to load user content of created beat-em-up games. Boom. Including the Streets of Rage amalgamation, which is all three Streets of Rage movies or games into one. Anyway, bare knuckles in Japan. Streets of Rage. Okay. Dot com. We had a uh, we had an excellent program this evening, despite uh, folks not being able to connect to the chat. We apologize. <laughs> yeah, Techie kind of hit on it. He's like, "Wow, we touched on like the hottest hot button issue being the election going on yeah. this year, and didn't de- it didn't devolve into craziness in the chat?" So no, I see. But this is because we yeah, we don't. We, yes, I like the fact that we don't. We're not part of the echo chamber. We're just the echo screen. <laughs> we're just analysis paralysis. <laughs> poorly poorly named programs um yes we are analysis paralysis otherwise known as the echo screen live so thank you for tagging along with us tonight on analysis paralysis otherwise known as the echo screen live to talk about the internet echo chamber um if you have suggestions about future topics i've alluded to the fact that several people have uh, given us their thoughts we've got them in the pipeline we're we're we're, we're going to get to uh your ideas if you have ideas just let us know add it's the commodore that's how you can tweet me at Rue underscore C-O-T-G-W for you. Um, let us know. Is there a topic you want us to hear about or talk about? We'll talk about it. Let us know. Let us know. All right. We are a bi-weekly program, by the way. We're not going to do this whole weekly thing forever. <laughs> so don't get spoiled. Yep. You asked me. I said no. I tried. I know. So uh, so instead, we are a biweekly program. So when do you think people could potentially come and see us well, next I, time? I guess in theory, that would be uh, Wednesday, June 29th, 2016, where we're going to be talking about Hitler and how he liked garlic 90s on music. his peanut butter. Hitler sandwiches. and how he liked 90s music. And peanut butter sandwiches with garlic. Will, and peanut butter sandwiches with garlic and bananas. Yep. Um, all right. Yep, that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's the whole topic. We're banking on that. Um, all right, folks. Well, uh, thank you for being a part of the bi-weekly program, the Echo Screen Live, the official podcast of the Clan of the Gray Wolf. For Rue, I am the Commodore. And until next time, remember, there is no reset button.
So I, I hear you have a field mouse problem. I do. I need some cats. I got a cat right here. I'll give him to you real cheap. He works for oh. he works for peanuts. I don't need him to eat peanuts. I need him to eat mice. Oh, I thought you said you had a peanut problem. Oh, no, 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 no. Rodent. Rodent is what I was trying to say. Rodent, not a peanut problem. Let me confer with my uh, my, my client. Okay. Take your time. He said you can F off. Oh, okay. He doesn't like mice. No, just just peanuts. Okay. He loves How peanuts. How about chipmunks? How about chipmunks? Uh, they're cute. He prefers peanuts with garlic powder on them, though. Any interest in woodchucks? <laughs> Can yeah, they chuck? Could they chuck wood? I haven't asked him. I'll, I'll go find out. <laughs> Thank you. Please do so. Get back to me. Don't call us. We'll call you. 